Hi, this is uh, Dr. Peter Ramirez, Editor-in-Chief of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. And today I have the great pleasure of uh, having on the podcast Dr. Diego Raimundo and his colleague, Dr. Julia Rovero. They're from the Division of Gynecology and Human Reproduction Physiopathology at Hacienda Hospedaliero Universitaria di Bologna in Italy. And the reason for this podcast is the uh, topic is a June lead article, and in, uh, it is uh, titled Predictive Factors of Sentinel Lymph Node Failed Mapping in Endometrial Carcinoma Patients, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis. So, Diego, Julia, um, como estai? Uh, bien, uh, bienvenuto al podcast. Uh, welcome and thank you. Thank you for your introduction. Uh, we are very um, pleasured to participate at this podcast. Yes, of course. Thank you. Fantastic. Well, um, I know that we have lots of uh, questions to cover and we're excited to discuss this, um, this topic because obviously one of, the, one of the major issues of concern for many uh, surgeons in gynecologic oncology is um, what happens when you have failed mapping and how can we potentially prevent uh, failed mapping? So we were really interested in discussing this with you. And I'll start with, uh, with Julia. Um, I wanted to start by discussing as to why sentinel lymph node mapping and identifying a lymph node is important when some might say, well, if you don't identify that sentinel lymph node, just do a lymphadenectomy. Well, uh, as you all know, uh, although lymph node staging has shown utility in uh, directing adjuvant treatment, uh, systematic lymphadenectomy carries the risk of increased morbidity, including lymphedema, uh, lymphocast formation, or uh, nerve injury. Moreover, it is technically difficult to perform in obese population, which represents a large proportion of patients with endometrial cancer. In order to uh, overcome these limitations, since 2014, the NCCN guidelines uh, uh, approved uh, the sentinel lymph node biopsy as an alternative uh, to systematic lymphadenectomy for the staging of uh, apparent uterine confined endometrial cancer. Sentinel lymph node biopsy has shown uh, the potential to significantly reduce the risk of postoperative mor morbidity and long-term complications. Additionally, uh, it may be associated with a more intensive pathological <laughs> assessment as ultrastaging with the advantage of detecting low volume metastasis, which could be missed during a standard histological examination. Excellent. Um, now um, I'll turn to Diego for, for this next question. Um, what, what would you say are some of the most commonly documented reasons for not identifying a sentinel lymph node? So briefly, several factors associated with sentinel node mapping failure in endometrial cancer patients have been analyzed in previous studies with conflicting results. Among clinical features, obesity and menopausal status have been associated with sentinel node mapping failure for a long time. Other factors frequently mentioned as a cause of mapping failure are lymph node involvement and presence of bulking lymph nodes. Finally, a documented factor that could impact the rate of successful mapping is the surgeon experience. And uh, so on, we uh, have performed this type of study 
to document the independent factor associated to mapping failure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, and I think another point that for us, particularly in the United States, and we'll touch upon this a little bit later in the podcast, is uh, the element of obesity, where, you know, certainly I think it, it may uh, decrease the likelihood of finding those sentinel lymph nodes, particularly for uh, surgeons who may not be as experienced with sentinel lymph node uh, mapping as well. Um, now, Julia, what, what was the goal of this study and, and how did you go about the study design specifically? Well, uh, although the use of ICG and uh, the standardization of the injection technique improved the overall uh, SLN detection rate, uh, bilateral mapping failed from 20 to 25% of cases with several factors affecting uh, likelihood of detection. The aim of our systematic review and meta-analysis was to assess uh, those predictive factors of sentinel lymph node failed mapping in endometrial cancer patient undergoing sentinel lymph node biopsy. We started uh, performing uh, several searches in uh, seven electronic databases from the inception uh, of each database to uh, October 2021. Uh, and we included the studies assessing predictive factors of sentinel lymph node failed mapping in endometrial cancer patients um, undergoing sentinel lymph node um, biopsy through a cervical injection of ICG. The association between sentinel lymph node fail mapping and predictive factors of failure were assessed uh, calculating uh, the odds ratio with 95% confidence intervals. Excellent. And, um, and now I think you also looked at uh, the risk of bias in the studies, and I think that's always really very, very important. Um, Diego, can you tell us a little bit more about what tools did you use to assess the, the risk of bias? Yeah, well, briefly, risk of bias within the studies was assessed according to the methodological index for non-randomized studies, so minors. Five applicable domains were assessed, so aim, consecutive patient, prospective data collection, and points appropriate to the aim of the study, and finally, unbiased assessment of endpoints. Each domain for each included study was judged as low, unclear, or high risk of bias based on data that were reported as adequate, not reported, or reported but inadequate, respectively. Great. Um, now let's get to the uh, to the results of the study. Obviously, lots of patients. I believe uh, it was a total of six studies with one thousand three hundred and forty-five patients. So, Julia, can you expand on what were the main findings uh, of the study, and and what are some of the points that you really wish to highlight about this uh, particular study? Yes. So uh, actually, our study shows that ICG dose less than three ml uh, advanced FIGO stage enlarged lymph nodes and lymph node involvement seem to be predictive factors of sentinel lymph node failure mapping in endometrial cancer patients. On the contrary, surprisingly, other potential predictive factors of failure, such as obesity, menopausal status, uh, adenomyosis, prior surgery, um, lysis of adhesions at the beginning of surgery, 
deep myometrial invasion, um, non-endometrioidist type and lymphovascular space invasion does not appear to be uh, significantly associated with sentinel lymph node mapping failure according to our results. So excellent. So now we have obviously several questions about the results and I'll start with one of the, the obvious ones. You know, certainly um, I'll turn to Diego, but BMI, so obesity is an issue. It has been previously reported as a potential for increased risk of failed mapping. Um, tell us about this issue in, in this particular study with, you know, with regards to, um, you know, it doesn't seem that it was, it was a, a factor. And, and, and what can we do in those patients to increase the rate of bilateral mapping? Yes, uh, this is an, indeed uh, an important point, and thank you for asking it. The association between the obesity and sentinel lymph node mapping failure was previously reported by several authors who showed that obese patients had lower bilateral sentinel lymph node de detection rate using blue dye or endosanine green. However, comparing these two dyes, this study showed that endosanine green had a higher bilateral detection rate at blue dye when used in obese patients. Our pool of data suggests that obesity has not significant detrimental effect on sentinel lymph node mapping detection failure when the endosanine green was adapted as a dye. So we suggest you use it in obese patients. Excellent. So now I wanted to get into some of the questions that were sent in from uh, our fellows in the journal. And the first one I'll turn to Julia. This is from Andrea Rosati. He's at the Gemelli Hospital in, in Rome. Um, and he asked, the authors concluded that identifying patients with bulky lymph nodes or metastatic disease on preoperative imaging and thus a higher risk of unsuccessful sentinel lymph node mapping would be useful for better surgical planning. However, patients with FIGO stage three or four or preoperatively enlarged nodes are not candidates for sentinel lymph nodes. Can you please clarify this point and uh, take home a message from, from the study as it pertains to this? Well, uh, thank you for giving us the opportunity to address this issue. Uh, well, all studies including, included in our systematic review and meta-analysis uh, followed the uh, NCCN guidelines for nodal assessment in apparent uterine confined endometrial cancer patients, which recommend uh, adherence to uh, the Memorial Sloan Kettering Sentinel Lymph Node algorithm. Uh, this algorithm included uh, a retroperitoneal evaluation with excision of all mapped sentinel lymph nodes and of any suspicious uh, enlarged lymph nodes regardless of mapping. Actually, according to the uh, ESGO uh, guidelines published in 2021, if bulky lymph nodes are found, there the bulking can be considered omitting sentinel lymph node technique or systematic pelvic uh, lymph node dissection. Our findings uh, support this recommendation as patients with enlarged lymph nodes are also at higher risk, risk of sentinel lymph node mapping failure. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, and then uh, I think, you know, certainly also one of the other points that is discussed is the dosing of the injection. So um, the, uh, the next question also comes from Andrea Rosati, and I'll ask you, Diego, um, yeah. He says, this study shows that an endocyanin green injection dose less than three milliliters 
is predictive of sentinel lymph node mapping failure. However, the technology and sensitivity of near-infrared camera is continuously improving and the recommended injections volume can vary accordingly. There is retrospective evidence and now prospective randomized trial, the RAC trial, where total volume of one milliliter is recommended for sentinel lymph node technique. Do you think that the injection volume is most relevant technical variable for sentinel lymph node mapping? Yeah, this is a point, a point that deserves attention, of course. Regarding ICG volume, we found that a lower one was associated with the sentinel node mapping failure. According to our findings, injection of ICG volume superior to three milliliters might be recommended, of course. Actually, several technical variables exist, including ICG dilution, timing, and depth of injection. However, we don't know if volume is the most relevant technical variable for sentinel node mapping success. All these factors have to be further investigated yet. Yeah, and, I, and I'd like to add that, you know, certainly I think that now there's more and more uh, data um, in, the, in the literature suggesting that if there is no um, successful mapping initially, that it is completely acceptable to re-inject to try to increase the likelihood of detection. So I don't think that is one of those things uh, that it is written in stone that you have to have a certain volume um, and beyond that, you cannot inject any additional ICG. So uh, I think it's obviously always tailored to, um, to hopefully um, achieving that bilateral mapping. Now, um, Julia, this next question comes from Vansa Koshevili in Georgia. And she says, where do you think the highest likelihood of bias or inaccuracy lies in performing sentinel lymph node mapping using endocyanin green? Is it storage, transportation of the dye, handling uh, the near-infrared fluorescent imaging, or experience of the surgical team? Well, uh, thank you for this question. Uh, we think that uh, in a routinary clinical practice, storage and transportation of the dye and the handling of the near-infrared fluorescent imaging are well-controlled steps of the procedure since they are part of uh, established uh, OR checklists. Um, in our opinion, experience of the surgical team represents the most critical factors in performing sentinel lymph node mapping using ICG. Uh, according to several papers, the number of procedures performed by surgeons clearly impacts on the bilateral detection rate. Indeed, two papers showed that um, at least 30-40 procedures are needed to achieve a proper bilateral detection rate of at least 75%. And that goes to the, to the next question from Nuri Agusti from Barcelona that also actually asks about um, specifically that, the surgeon experience. And um, Gio, I'll turn to you. What are your thoughts with regards to not being able to include surgeon experience in, you know, in the context of these results? In, in other words, you know, often this is a this is a composite of a an institutional experience rather than surgeon experience. What what are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, actually, we recognize that not having analyzed the impact of a surgeon's experience is a huge limitation of this study. Unfortunately, we were unable to assess surgeon expertise as it was differently defined in each individual study. 
We, we think that different levels of expertise can be a non, not negligible predictor of sentinel node mapping failure. Since published elemental literature demonstrated that sentinel node technique is operator dependent technique. More comparable studies are needed to focus on this aspect in the future. Yeah, and, and I think also, um, particularly for prospective studies, that it is essential that there is a quality control measure of surgeon experience, uh, as I think it is being done, uh, as an example, the ENDO3 uh, prospective study on um, endometrial cancer, high risk. Um, it is a requirement that surgeons demonstrate that they're um, able to perform the central lymph node mapping. So absolutely a great point. Um, Julia, um, I'll turn back to you. Uh, this question again from Vansa Koshavili in Georgia. Um, what is your opinion on the optimal sequence and timing for the injection, the lysis of adhesions, the tissue dissection, the exposure of the retroperitoneal spaces when performing sentinel lymph node mapping using ICG? Well, actually, uh, no uh, standardized uh, timing for injection and surgical dissection has been defined in literature for sentinel lymph node mapping using ICG. Uh, in our clinical practice, we consider a time window of 5 to 15 minutes between the dye injection and the search of fluorescent. Yes, and I think that that's actually consistent with uh, with most in, in the in the literature. And, and I think that obviously there's always uh, potential variations in that there are those uh, that they will, you know, expose all the spaces and then do the injection. And, uh, and then from there determine whether they need to uh, proceed with additional injection of dye. So I think it's, uh, it's, it's consistent with the, um, with the guidelines to, to try to attempt to maintain consistency through the approach of the central lymph node mapping. And Diego, uh, this next question comes from Jennifer Davis Oliver in the UK. And she asked, despite an increased risk of central lymph node mapping failure in certain cases, would you still uh, recommend attempting sentinel lymph node biopsy for all patients? Yeah, we still recommend sentinel node biopsy for surgical staging of apparent uterine confined endometrial cancer patients in all patients, but with some precautions. Sentinel node biopsy implies important advantages over uterine systematic lymphectomy in terms of complication and postoperative recovery time, of course. However, we must be aware that the procedure could fail, especially in patients with lymph node involvement, and the surgeon might be prepared to perform lymphadenectomy. Moreover, our findings support the ESGO recommendation to, to remove larger lymph nodes and to avoid further procedures, including sentinel node technique on the specific site. On the other hand, two more characteristics, such as deep myometrial invasion, grade three endometrial cancer, non-endometrial histotype, and LOSI, reasons seem to not be associated with the sentinel node mapping failure. These findings will further sustain the use of this technique for surgical staging even high-risk endometrial cancer patients. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that you stressed that. And, and I think it's important to highlight to our audience that sentinel lymph node mapping safety um, and feasibility has been already determined and proven for both low-risk and high-risk um, endometrial cancer. So I, I think that I, I agree with you. It, it should be attempted. Um, Julia, this next question comes from Teresa Pan in Austria. And although this is rare, but obviously um, it may come up, uh, is there any evidence of sentinel lymph node mapping 
failure after patients who perhaps have had radiotherapy for other pelvic disease, um, or even, you know, sometimes there's a discussion of sentinel lymph node mapping in the setting of prior retroperitoneal dissections for other reasons. Well, uh, to the best of our knowledge, there is no specific data on uh, sentinel lymph node mapping after radiotherapy. Um, it is reasonable that local radiotherapy could impact negatively on sentinel lymph node ma mapping. And it, it would be uh, interesting to investigate this aspect in the future. Excellent. Um, now, Diego, this question comes from uh, Ryan Kahn and Memorial Sloan Kettering. And he asked, how did you define enlarged lymph nodes for your study? Was there a clear uh, threshold? And I think this is important, obviously, because many times we're trying to determine in our tumor board discussions whether that's uh, by definition an enlarged lymph node. What, what, are, what were your criteria for defining? Yeah. yeah, this is a tricky question. In our study, we refer to bulk lymph nodes as they are defined by included studies according to NCC and guideline. So it has the, any clinical suspicion nodes interpretively found. In general, short axis diameter superior to one centimeter is considered the upper limit for normal nodes in the human body. But unfortunately, there is not a clear threshold in terms of lymph node size in the pelvis. Since pelvic enlarged lymph nodes seem to be an important factor associated with sentinel node mapping failure, we hope that a common and shared definition will be found by experts. Excellent. Yeah, and I think it's always a, a good opportunity to discuss with your radiologist with regards to the level of suspicion for those enlarged lymph nodes. Um, Julia, uh, another question from Ryan Khan. And he asked is, what is your uh, specific method to avoid failure for central lymph node mapping, considering the results of the systematic um, uh, review meta-analysis? Uh, what did you change in your clinical practice based on these results? Well, in our clinical practice, uh, experienced operators inject a total of 3ml uh, of ICG, ICG uh, with a superficial and deep injection into uh, the uterine cervix at 3 and 9 o'clock locations. Uh, we follow the recommendation of international guidelines and the consensus uh, from Molonet uh, and colleagues performing inspection of the presacral area and reinjection in case of uh, ICG mapping failure on first attempt. Recently, in case of enlarged lymph nodes, uh, we start to remove only them, avoiding further nodal assessment, including sentinel lymph node technique, since it is also associated with a high risk of mapping failure. Excellent. And now um, this question comes from Giulio Bonaldo, who is in uh, Milan, Italy. And um, he's interested in another uh, variable. Uh, he says previous studies in the literature have reported an association between age and central lymph node mapping failure. Um, how do you comment on, on these results? Yeah, <clears throat> concerning menopausal status, although it is being associated with a worsening of the lymphatic flow due to an increased vascular permeability, such effects seem to not to be enough to impact sentinel node mapping detection in our analysis. So yes, we don't find this association as we believe it to be uh, found previously. 
Okay. And um, Julia, I have uh, one additional question for you. Uh, this one's from uh, Anissa Mburu in Kenya. And she now says, looking at future directions, how would you design a prospective study that could address the predictors of failed sentinel lymph node mapping? And perhaps how would you troubleshoot or mitigate these factors? Well, we would design a large multicentric prospective cohort study investigating all the variables analyzed in our meta-analysis, also adding different levels uh, of surgeon's expertise and different depths of cervical injection as potential risk factors of sentinel lymph node mapping failure. We recognize that a huge number of patients are needed to reach uh, an adequate power for multivariate analysis, uh, exploring individual contribution of spe specific factors potentially associated with sentinel lymph node mapping failure. Uh, maybe real-world study setting may help to reach it. Excellent. So I want to thank you both, Diego Raimundo and uh, Julia Rovero. Uh, it's been a pleasure uh, discussing this uh, June lead article. Uh, we're looking forward to hopefully both of you joining us on the uh, Journal Club for the for the lead article. Really, uh, uh, once again, also thank you for submitting your, your work to the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. It's been uh, absolutely a pleasure. Thank you too. It was a pleasure to have uh, this conversation with you. And uh, we hope to meet you the next time in a similar way. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much.